do, let's start with a word of prayer. Our God most high, Father, we come before your throne in awe at this time, realizing that you're the creator of all things, that you spoke this universe into existence, you hold it in the palm of your hand, made man from dust, you are, truly are the one and only God, the great I am, Father, and we, we humble ourselves before you at this time, thanking you for this opportunity we have to come together as members of the congregation here at Timberland Drive to feast on your word. We pray, dear Lord, that the things that are taught will be in accordance to your will, Father, and that much good will be come from it, apply it to our lives. Father, we pray that you forgive us of our sins, and finally in heaven, cover us. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. You know, when you think about lust, first thing you think about is bad, really, right? If you go to 1 John 2, you know, and think, hey, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. That's usually what I, I think of. You think, well, that's wrong, that's sin. But there are, as far as the Greek words go, there's two meanings for it, good and bad. And epu, Carol, I still can't pronounce it. Eptumea or epumeo. Both of them mean a strong desire of any kind, whether it be good or bad. Some other Greek words that are synonymous with it are orexis, which is a reaching out for or a stretching out for, a seeking. And a good example of this is in Romans 1 and verse 27. Somebody's got that. If you would, please read it for me. Romans 1 and verse 27. Pleasure, the lust there. You spend it on your own lust, your own. And uh, another one is pathos, which is um, the lust of sensuality or passion. Uh, somebody read First Corinthians or First Thessalonians four, start with verse three, three, four, and five. Thank you. 
not lust sensually. You know, like the like the Gentiles is talking about here. All right, so we got good examples of good. We got examples of bad. And some of the good, matter of fact, uh, when I was looking in vines, all I did was come up with three here. That um, the as far as the good examples of the TCU media, uh, that first one is in Luke 22, starting with verse 14 and 15. Luke 22, 14 and 15. Whoever's got it. And he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Okay. Why was Christ desiring to eat the Passover with them? What are your thoughts on it? Anyone? I think he was also trying to prepare them for what's fixing to come. You know, they still don't believe he's going to die. You know, he told them, he told them, he told them, but they still don't want to believe it. They still don't think he's going to be the king. And so I think he's preparing them for the suffering that he's fixing to go through and then the Lord's suffering and remembering that. Should we have that strong desire to take the Lord's Supper? Of course we should. That's why we come together on Sunday. We, we, that puts us one with Christ, doesn't it? And we're, we're taking the emblems that represent his body and his blood and the whole reason why we have salvation and hope up. So, yeah, that's a good lust right there. A good, strong desire. I do. I pray often, come, come quickly, Lord. Ready for, have a strong desire. So that's a, a good lust. A good, a good, strong desire. How about 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 17? For a short while, the person is not in spirit, but all the more eager with desire to see your face. Okay, so Paul had a great desire to want to see those at Thessalonica. They already established the church. He's anxious to get back, get back and see them. Uh, what was it that David said? Uh, Psalms 122 and verse 1. He said, I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. You know, I can't tell you how many times my dad had uh, had said that uh, before his meetings. You know, are you glad to be here? David was glad to be there. We need to be glad when we say, let's go to the house of the Lord. Okay, so let's look at some other good examples. Can you think of Think of some more good examples that we should have a strong desire to do. Huh? I'm sorry, man. To, to worship, like worship, worship, singing. Yep, good one. Worship. Anybody else? Be like Christ. Be like Christ. All right. Uh, turn over to Proverbs 15 and verse 14. 
Proverbs 15 and verse 14. Fifteen and verse fourteen says, "The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness." So knowledge is a good thing. What goes along with knowledge? What we've we been studying in uh, in Proverbs: wisdom and understanding. was saying, oh, you uh, crows, don't ever listen to her music again. I saw that and I thought, wasn't a song of that, huh? I can music anyway. Uh, it's pretty sad. A lot of it going on. A lot of foolishness, okay? Wisdom and understanding. Uh, once again in Proverbs uh, uh, chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. Somebody read that for me. Proverbs 4, 5 through 9. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words and turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Through all costs you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. You think they're trying to tell us to lust after it, to have a strong desire for wisdom and understanding? Most definitely. Most definitely. Okay, also Proverbs 3 and verse 13, just a chapter back. What does it talk about who gets wisdom and understanding? Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Right. Happy is the one. Uh, one more verse about that. It's Ecclesiastes 7 verse 25. I applied my heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly, even the foolishness and madness. So, uh, another good lust would be wisdom and understanding. Okay? Now, someone has already said to, uh, to have Bible discussions, to, to do God's will. A uh, good example of that is the church at Corinth. You know, in, in the first letter that he wrote to the church at Corinth, he was uh, he was getting on them. What, about what? They had fornication. They were kind of being boastful about it, not taking care of the matter. But we see in 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 11, they had taken care of that matter, and that he was praising them for it at that time. He's saying, hey, y'all, y'all did good. You wanted earnestly do God's will. Um, another example of that is in Psalms 25, verses 4 and 5. Psalms 25, 4 and 5. Who's that? do the will of God. Um, 
Anyone think anything else is good? We need to strongly desire. Get to heaven. I'll put that right up top. First Corinthians 12, and verse 31, it talks about spiritual gifts. It said to desire the best gifts. You know, it's talking about the different different types of gifts. It says always desire the best gifts. He's telling those at, at, at Corinth. Anything else we want to add to the list? Help each other. Help each other. It is our responsibility. You know, so so many times we, you know, the, the wives are the ones that end up being the spiritual leaders, and we're the ones that actually ought to be be the spiritual leaders in the family. All right. Okay. So now we're going to go to the bad. Yeah. Before we get to that, yeah. quite a bit different when he came into the church building uh, Sunday morning than he did at Subway uh, two or three weeks before. Uh, and uh, I got to admit, I was, I was surprised when he came out in the parking lot and Monty uh, uh, and, and Rick and I were standing out there and he, wa- he walked by. I didn't recognize him. He came back. He said, I know you. I kind of looked at him, you know, and he said, and I, then I did. I said, you're that guy from Georgia that, I, that my mom and I saw at, at Subway. He said, yeah. He said, when you invited me, he said, I thought you meant that. I think he was talking about the, uh, the, the Christian church down on the corner there. He said he, he, he thought he was talking about that not there. But uh, uh, so we desire him 
to be saved, you know what I'm saying, and come here. Didn't look very good, you know. Obviously been on drugs. There wasn't no doubt about that. I mean, I, I'm sure I'm sure Barrett saw it immediately, you know, but uh, we got to desire him to be in here and preach. Matter of fact, we got a we got a Bible study set up with him tomorrow. So keep those in your prayer requests, all right? Appreciate it. Yes. How do we look in God's eyes? Yeah. You know, do we look clean and all? You know, do we see ourselves? Does God see us like we're looking at us, or He looks on our soul? He looks on our inward heart. Oh, yeah. You know, do we, camouflage, do we camouflage our inward heart at times? You know, so we need to be tender to that. Good point. Really good point. Desire all to be saved. Everyone we come in contact with. Top of my list. Top of my list is righteousness. And, and the verse that I have with it is, uh, uh, what do we have in, in Matthew 6 and verse 33? Seek what? He seeks first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. What does it also say in Matthew 5 and verse 6? What are we supposed to hunger and thirst after? Hunger and thirst after righteousness. We want to be righteous like God. for so many times, you know. He's always there for us. His righteousness stands firm. All right, appreciate your comments. Anybody else? On the good. All right, let's go to the bad. Examples of the bad. There's a whole bunch of them. We know which one we're going to get to here eventually. But uh, Let's first talk about others. Okay, let's, let's name some who were who had bad luck, okay? Adam and Eve, can we start out with the, the first two? They coveted, didn't they? They coveted that, the fruit. They lusted. They had a bad luck for the wrong thing, okay? We've been going through. I am sick of David and Solomon. Are you really? Okay, well, I'll scratch those off my list. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, here was Solomon, 700 wives and 300 concubines, where does wisdom go? about the 24,000 Israelites in numbers that fell in one day? Fornication. Fell in one day. 24,000. Um, talking about 
I'm not going to leave the women out either. What about Potiphar's wife? Think she had a little lust for Joseph? Yeah. 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 All right, so let's talk about some bad. What are we not supposed to lust after? How about riches? Somebody turn over to Deuteronomy 7.25. Somebody take Joshua 7.21. And somebody take 1 Timothy 6, 9, and 10. Deuteronomy 7.25. If you shall burn the carved images of the gods of fire, you shall not covet the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it for yourselves, lest you be spared by it, for it is an abomination to the Lord your God. All right, what do we see about Achan in Joshua 7? Verse 21. First Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. Go ahead. To those who desire to be rich, fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Yes. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So it's not money itself, it's what? It's the love of money. Love of money is the root of all evil. So I definitely don't need to be lusting after or have a strong desire for riches, silver, and gold. All right. What are some others? Turn over to Deuteronomy 5 and verse 21. We've got a pretty good list there. The fact that you're unhappy with your, or you're not content with what's going on, what you have, what you've been blessed with, which is far beyond what you need and deserve, yet you're not careful. You'll just crave more. Because you keep something. More and more. Never said that. A lot of times it's things and stuff. Stuff's going to burn. Hey, what? Who's got Deuteronomy 5, verse 21? You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, his male servant, his female servant, his ox, his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Neighbor's stuff. Life's up in Nothing that is your neighbor. First Corinthians 10, verses 6 through 8. We're not to covet evil things. Anything evil. We have a strong desire for 
anything evil. Matthew 5, verses 27 and 28. And then somebody take Proverbs 6, 24 through 29. Matthew 5, 27 28. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery, but I'll say here, everyone who looks at a woman lusted for her has already committed adultery with her in his What do you think? Comment. We all have this problem, haven't we? I think it's a, uh, you know, when, was it Hebrews uh, 5 where it says don't be filled with wine, but be filled with the Spirit? I think that's the problem. I think that if we are filled with the Spirit, first decided to take this lesson, it's been several months ago, and my idea was to uh, speak mainly to the, to the young people, you know, to learn, you know, we, uh, I think it was, Ray, uh, Reagan had a lesson in Proverbs, one of our Proverbs, that's how to get wisdom, and one of them was what, through the word, I remember what the other two were, by our own Experiences or mistakes, and then by what? Other experiences and mistakes. And that's what I was going to use. That lust up there started with me at a young age, very young age. And it controlled most of my life, a lot of my life, my time. It cost me my relationship with Christ, with God, it cost me a marriage, and it cost me a whole lot of hardship. And I was wanting to approach the young men and say, hey, don't do as I do. This is why I wanted to teach this lesson right here on lust. The damage 
that it can do. The damage. And it doesn't just affect you. It doesn't, it didn't just affect me, it affected many. I mean, the list goes on and on. And just like David, how he paid for it till the day he died, exact same way it is now. So guard your heart. Guard your heart, young men, from, from lust. One of the worst things. That's why it's talked so much about in the Bible. You know, that's that's why uh, we see it over and over and over again in Scripture. Uh, uh, flee these things. You're going to come across uh, times, especially those going off to college. Yeah, there you're going to see other things. Uh, tell me you don't. You know what I'm saying? I mean, things are going to be presented to you. It's going to be put in front of you everywhere. I mean, it's, it is now. You know, back when. Uh, when I was growing up, we didn't have access to a phone that we could just catch it right there, you know what I'm saying, or a computer or nothing like that, you know, but uh, we had access to, to books that we didn't need to be reading. You get around the wrong crowd and they got them books, you know, and you're going to be reading, boys, you guys got your mind going there and there, and scriptures are way off and way, not even in your mind anymore, and you sustained to that, and it got to where, you know, if, with some of the friends, it was, it was a, a challenge, you know, who's, who's how many knockers you going to have on your butt? It's just, it's so sad, you know, and I, I, I hate it to this day, and I always will to the day I die, just like, just like David did. But I want, I want you all to learn from my mistakes, okay? Listen to what I'm saying. I, I'm speaking the truth when it talks about the heartache that it brings. It's, it's uh, innumerable. And it's not just me. Over the past four or five years, let me tell you, I've heard preachers, Bible, Bible class teachers, godly men, confess to having issues with pornography, okay, with lust, okay. These are men that you wouldn't even think would be there, and these are not just in one 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 congregation. This is in several different congregations, okay. And so I know if it's there, that it's probably here, you know, somewhere. Somebody's struggling with it somewhere, you know. So that's why we have these studies, right? So we can lean on each other and we can talk about it. And we can tell you, hey, here's the way you escape that, which is what we're going to go over here next, is how, how do we overcome? How do we overcome uh, lust? How do we overcome these things, you know? Especially at uh, 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 12 years old or 16 years old or whatever, you know, when you're too young to really know what's going on, you know, and, and yet it's put all in front of you. And you got access to it right there at your fingertips. Uh, living in uh, Dallas the last, you know, 30 years, I mean, there's signs everywhere. You know, the uh, strip clubs, uh, uh, just the advertising itself. We see it on commercials. We see it on TV all the time. It's everywhere around us. You go to ball games, you know, scarcely clad women uh, all over. It's in front of us all the time. Now, how are you going to handle it? You know, how? how are you gonna, how are you going to not lust? You know, it does say, look upon a woman to lust after. There's nothing wrong with looking. I can remember a preacher there in uh, Middle Ocean, I think it was. And uh, what was his name? I can't remember his name. It doesn't matter. But he said, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's looking and then there's looking. That's the way he did it like that. And I thought, that, hey, that's a pretty good way to describe it. You, know, you may not do that, but you may in your mind think, huh. You know, that's a special one there. Well, you see what I'm saying? So, uh, 
Okay, so how does one overcome lust? Okay, first of all, where does lust come from? Okay, where does lust come from, Eric? Flesh and blood is. That was my truck, by the way, wasn't it? <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, we don't have to wrestle against flesh and blood. What is it? What's the first thing? Spiritual darkness? There you go. Okay, so if you're Satan, you know, we're either going to choose Satan or we're going to choose the Spirit. We're going to be Satan or the Spirit. Ourselves or God. What are we going to choose? Okay. So, so where does lust come from? Turn with me to Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And somebody take Matthew 15, 19. Mark 7, 21 through 23. God's given us, okay? Matthew 15, 19. <laughs> I 
who will not permit you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with that temptation make a way of escape. Do you believe that? Do we believe it? Do we really believe it? Do we believe God is faithful that he's going to keep that promise like that? Because if he is, if you do believe that, when that temptation comes, like what Brent was saying, hey, you're already going to have it filled with spiritual things, with spiritual thoughts instead of, instead of lustful thoughts, amen, or bad lustful thoughts. Okay. Um, somebody turn over to 2 Peter 1. 2 Peter 1, verses 1 through 4. One, two, four, yes. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As, as it, his divine power has given, us, given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory, what kind of promises? Great and precious. Great and precious promises. Dad had a sermon standing on the promises of God like the sun. Back there in that closet somewhere. <laughs> All right, so we've got to count on his promises. We go to we go to God in prayer. We rely on his promises. He's also promised us in 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17. Uh, that he that doeth the, his will, he that doeth the will of God, will abide forever. That's what we want, isn't it? We want to abide forever with God. Isn't that our, our, our purpose? Yes, it is. And like we talked about a while ago, when we get rid of something bad, we need to replace it with something good, like Jesse was saying. Uh, somebody turn over to Romans 13. Romans 13, verses 13 and 14. Romans 13, 13, and 14. Somebody else take Romans 6, 11 through 13. Romans 6, 11 through 13. Somebody take Galatians 5, 16. Galatians 5, 16. Okay, Romans 13, 13, and 14. Thus behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how gratify the desires of the flesh. So get rid of that and do what? Put on Christ. Get rid of the evil, put on Christ. Okay, Romans 6, 11 through 13. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead, to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. Yeah. Don't let Rain. Don't let it rain in your border body. Use our members as instruments of what? Righteousness. Okay, Galatians 5, 16. Say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There you go. Walk in that Spirit. Be Spirit-filled. Okay, so I see we're about out of time. So uh, I'd like to conclude with a couple of scriptures. Um, Proverbs 3, 
1 through 8. Proverbs 3, 1 through 8. I'll take that. Somebody else look up James 4, 1 through 10. Proverbs 3, 1 through 8. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about your neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bone. That's beautiful. Great special silence right there. Somebody read James 4, 1 through 10. I have to always up. I always go get a, you want to get a Bible study going up with the kids or the sons going.
door is open. Uh, please, please come. Please come. It's, it's a battle. I mean, it's, it's, it gets a hold of you and, and doesn't let go. You know, and the only way is, is through God's help. Temptations of today. Temptation's going to be there. It's not going away. It's how you're going to handle that temptation. It's, it's, it's going to be there. It's going to get worse. You've got a moral world going down and down. It's going to be there. So it's just how you're going to handle it. Same way with, with middle age or old folks or whatever your sin, whatever your sin 
Companionship corrupts good morals. It's not necessarily talking about that, but it's it's so true. It's so true. You hang out around, you know, but you know that's what's happening with me as a kid. When when you know, when I let the um, the boys in the neighborhood um, teach me everything, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't good. It was worldly stuff. It wasn't spiritual. Okay. And who who you seeing? Go ahead. There you go. I like that. Show me your friends and I'll show you the future. Any other comments? Well, I appreciate everybody. Oh. Avoid those traps. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. To avoid those traps, as Brent was saying, you know, if you're 
true. Well, Garrett was saying you're going to the mall, you know, and it's a dangerous place for you to go. You know, when Justice is out hunting, you know, fur, he's not walking around the same place he's placed his traps. He's not walking out there barefooted. He knows where they are. So you have to watch that trap and say, well, you know what? I don't really need those pair of jeans today. I can go on a Sunday afternoon or something when there's maybe not so much, you know, you know, that kind of thing. You've got to avoid the traps if you can. You're going to be there anyway. At least avoid the one you can. Can you take fire in your bosom and be burned, not be burned? Temptations there.
Appreciate everybody's attention. Anybody have anything else? Appreciate your attention and your comments.